Hello, good people. Welcome to the Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. Brothers and sisters, thanks for being with us. So excited this week to continue a conversation that we began with Jeremy Rivera about his journey to the Catholic Church from being an evangelical pastor. And I'm really excited to have him back, despite how lackluster my intro was. I'm really excited. (laughs) Thanks, man. It's going to take the entire show for my ego to recover from that. (laughs) Really, though, man? I got a lot of comments on our last show, and I know you did, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know a lot of people are watching to, to hear the completion of the story. You know, because the, uh, well, the, we, I, I really, I have all these notes. You can see my messy notes. I have all these notes where I, where I thought the whole first show would, you know, we'd cover the whole right. thing and talk about, you know, how did you go from evangelical pastor to devout Catholic? And, you know, I have literally question number one. Before we get into what brought you into the church, what brought you to God? <laughs> and then that was it. That was it, yeah. man. Yeah. And I, I dude, I, I was a little worried that we maybe came off as a little too harsh on the Catholic Church, <laughs> which we're allowed to do because we're Catholics. But uh, but we did bring up some serious um, problems, sure. right? In in, in the, practice. In practice, not yeah. in the teaching, right? But in the translation of sure. all that is Catholic yeah. into the, the minds and hearts of believers. Of things. Yeah. Sure. Namely, that we we tend to overlook the thing that unites all Christians, which is infinitely more important than what divides us. Absolutely. You know, so for my evangelical friends who are watching, I love you. Don't take this as like, hey, you guys all stink and we're better. So we're a little better. But uh, no. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. Uh, but really, they, but, there's, but there's truths of Scripture. Mm. Like, like what unites us is infinitely more important than what divides. But what divides is actually important. See, some people mm-hmm. would, would see that first part and say, well, what divides us is irrelevant. Right. That's, that's the same as saying our Lord's words are irrelevant. Yeah. Right? So the things that divide are important. Mm-hmm. I and, think, yeah, I think Augustine said in, in the essentials that there be unity. Yeah. In um, the non-essentials that there be liberty, and in all things charity. Right, right. I think that's a really good, you know, kind of a way to decipher. But even with those essentials, there is some, some, some you know, division, and some sad division that still exists in the church, There is, for man. Sure. There is. And in all things charity, right, as we, yeah, as we deal with disagreements about this. But... Uh, so, you know, we, we left off the last show, and if you hadn't seen it, you got to go watch it, form, watch.form.org, or on YouTube, on our channel. I think we're going to podcastify this stuff soon. And it was beautiful hearing your conversion to Jesus, and that core message of the gospel that sometimes as Catholics is not the first thing on our lips. Right. Uh, and should be. Yeah. Should be. Um, so let's dive deep into what got you from being a successful evangelical pastor. I mean, this is another layer of conversion, to giving that up, mm-hmm. to being in the... Average Catholic that you are right. today. No, you're, I mean, really, you, you've been a, a serious blessing in the church, too. So you've been able to continue right. the ministry, but not in the same way sure. right? As, as being a pastor. Uh, I want to invite you to interrupt our conversation anytime. You can text your questions, and we, we will take them this time, all right? We got so lost in the story last time, I had questions flowing yeah. in that we ignored. So text your questions to 720-650-0100. Again, that's 720-650-0100. All right, so... How did your conversion to Catholicism sure. begin? Yes, and you're, you'll have to make sure that I don't get so on tangents because uh, I can do that. Tangents great, man. Even though that's where oftentimes the Spirit that, leads. So. That, was, that was where the Spirit was but, leading last time. But, you know, before we pick it up like, with the chronology of what happened, I think that um, one thing I wanted to touch on is just how exciting I am to be alive and, mm. that, and that all of us have, I think, the calling to change frequently. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's like that quote I shared with you from John Henry Newman that says, to live is to change, and to have lived perfectly is to have changed often. And the that. problem with that is as people, as humans, we generally just don't like change. No. Mark, Mark Twain said, everybody hates change except for babies who need a new diaper. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, we all hate change, and, and yet yeah. um, we're all called to change. And so I heard this great line. Someone said, it said, your life is God's gift to you, and who you become is your gift back mm, to God. Beautiful. And so this is this, this whole idea of like God's going to give you grace. He's going to yeah. give you all this stuff. Like you talked about the baby last time who didn't have to earn its body, yeah. but then had to do certain things to, to keep its to, body to keep alive. Its body alive yeah, and keep growing, that's right? Cardinal Cantal Macy's preaching. And so just in general, I think as a person, I'm very. I've always been very much a seeker, very mm-hmm. open to change. That started in high school with some metaphysical kind of more uh, Eastern, you know, um, philosophy. I would say I was really pursuing that, which led yeah. to you know, led me down that road, but I was seeking, just like yeah. the, the Magi were seeking, right? Like, and if you read scripture, it talks about like, ask, seek, knock. But if you read it in Greek, it's like, ask and keep asking, knock mm. and keep knocking, seek and mm. keep seeking. The word, the word disciple in Greek actually means a learner. It's someone who's learning and keeps learning. It's a lifelong learner. You never arrive. Wow. And so I think sometimes I feel like we, we tend to, we can kind of plateau and I think in my evangelical experience, that had happened, where the end of everything was people coming to Christ. We put our whole service together in a wow. seeker-sensitive kind of environment to get to the point where you lay out the gospel. And I did this th- thousands of times yep. of, at the end of the service, pray with me with everyone's eyes closed. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, open your eyes and look up and let me know we're praying together. Mm. And I would just see people open their eyes. I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray. Mm. And then you lead them in this sinner's prayer yep. to ask God for forgiveness, to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, right? Mm-hmm. We've all heard that prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, but that was the end of the experience. Whereas mm-hmm. in the Catholic Church, I feel like that's where everything just gets started. Right, right. Right? And, and there's, I mean, it's, it's primary, not only where it comes, but primary in importance and that everything comes back to it. Yep. Uh, but there's got to be an everything that's coming back to it. Right. It didn't just stop there. That would right. be like a, on, on a wedding day saying, we took our vows and we're good. Right. No, there's a whole married life that does keep tying back to the vows. And I got to keep remembering the vows and mm-hmm. saying the things that led me to the vows like, I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's more. Yeah. Like we have this phrase, you know, a lot of evangelicals use, God loves you just the way you are. Yeah. Right. And then a Catholic would come along and say, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So welcome to like the school of yeah. virtue. Welcome to this life of not pursuing virtue, but pursuing Jesus. Because mm. if you pursue virtue, that leads to a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. You know, um, virtue is the, the fruit of faith, not the generator of faith. Mm. If, if it's just virtue alone, divorce yeah. and relationship. become a Pharisee, man. Yeah, you can, or you know, you can do the right things and dot all the eyes and cross. You can the become an be older brother proud, in, the, in the story of the prodigal son. Yeah, be right? empty, be empty. You know? Right, and so and so, yeah. So, so here you I was. an emptiness. I sensed an emptiness, and then I also started to really struggle with with if we all have the same Bible, why are there so many denominations and so much division even within Protestantism? And these questions just came from your own heart and mind and prayer. Yeah, yeah. Again, wow. continuing to seek. You know, always being a seeker, never really fully being satisfied. Yes. You know, um, you can ask my wife, it drives her crazy because I'm never, you know, I'm always going for more. And Bro, you like, better you not leave the chill? Catholic Church. I'm going to come get you. <laughs> right. Uh, and a quick question just came in. Any suggestions when praying for union for all Christians? I feel God's leading us to pray for a united church. Mm. Um, well, that wasn't just 
her question, Jesus prayed for that in John 17 when yeah. he prayed for the unity of, of all believers, you know, that mm. we would be one, he says. That's and, just before he died. <clears throat> yeah, John amen. 17. So that's pretty important, you know, yep. at the end of his life that he's praying for, for oneness, mm. um, which is what Catholic means, universal. Yeah. But So you sense this, this uh, I, I think it's a prodding of grace to, to move on, which is, yeah. uh, honestly, it sounds terrifying to me because you're successful. As a pastor, you were really successful as a pastor, and that's a job that when you have that job, man, you love that job. Right? Yeah. No, it was a good salary. I bought a home. I had a BMW. I, you know, I just was in a comfortable, comfortable place. And Mm -hmm. I can understand why a lot of men who do feel the tug to go to the deeper end of the swimming pool, if you will, with families and the responsibility, Mm -hmm. they, they, I can understand why they don't go that direction. What helped you? What helped you go to the deep end? Well, it was, it was people, and I think I mentioned on the last call where we left off was I had, I had bought a home and I was renting out a couple of bedrooms because I didn't want to live by myself. And so I found these two guys that were young Protestant guys who started renting out rooms. They knew each other. They'd moved in from Wisconsin. And then within a short amount of time, they were going through their own conversion to the Catholic faith, also seeking very sincerely. Mm. And I did my best to try to prevent that from happening wow. and said, guys, I grew up Catholic, and let me, let me just tell you why not to keep going down that road. But I started seeing books. Why did you tell them not to go down the road? What was the I reason? felt like it was my duty. I felt like... I mean, what were the reasons uh, you gave them? Again, my experience being they're going to give you religion and they're going to put the cart before the horse. And not relationship. And not relationship. Yeah. It's okay. not going to be this free gift of God mm. in Christ. It's mm. not going to be this you know, love story, this love affair. It's going to be everything else you have to do and you're going to should all over yourself with shoulds and you're never going to be enough, which is mm. what we do to ourselves wow. oftentimes wow. as Catholics. Wow. And, uh, and so I did that, and they were very humble, but they said, hey, we've been going to the Sunday night service at the cathedral downtown, and we met a man named Archbishop Charles Shapu. I'd never heard of Which, him Which, by before. the way, is pronounced like slap you. Slap you. Hey, Shapu. People don't get that. People always like chaput, like Shapu, right. no, slap you. Okay, go ahead. And so they said, we, we've been going to the Sunday night mass, and, we, and he, we told him that you're the pastor at Pathways, which is only two blocks away from the church. And we had a thriving church. We had bought the uh, temple. I guess you were recruiting a lot of Catholics. If you were driven, if you were convinced like that religion, I mean, look, you have to have religion with the proclamation of the gospel. Right. Otherwise, things all fall apart in the, in the experience, in the user experience, right? Yep. Uh, but if you're convinced that religion was a- inherently uh, opposed to the message of the gospel, which yep. is, I think, where a lot of evangelicals fall into er- a sad mm-hmm. error, mm-hmm. Uh, that error would be like saying that my expressions of love for my wife in the in the material, like a Valentine's Day ritual, yeah. is is antithetical yeah. to my love for her. No, 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 that's not how it works, dude. Yeah, uh, but and see, if that's where you're coming from. Were you trying to convert Catholics and save them frequently, or just your buddies? I would say half of our church was was made up at Pathways was made up of former Catholics. Wow, fifty percent, and that's usually the stat of all mega churches around the country. 40 to 50% of the attendees were formerly Catholic. Woo. So something, you know, wasn't connecting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so um, I think Archbishop Fulton Sheen has a great quote where he says, there are millions of people who hate what they think the Catholic Church is. It's about perception, yeah. right? And he says, right. like, not even 100 that hate what it really is. Mm. And so I had a lot of misperceptions. And one of them yeah. was that it was a works-oriented righteousness, that, right. that you're saved by your works, and you really nailed that last Last time, yeah, yeah. Um, but but what was going on inside of me? The dysfunction inside of me was in the way I had been trained in Hawaii and in California, and mentored um, was it was very much a cult of personality. The successful mm-hmm. churches all tended to have this very charismatic, 
speaker, this head of the church. It was the pastor, and he sometimes did the music and the leadership, and it all kind of revolved around his cult of personality. Mm. And the danger with that is that when he falls in some sort of way, which happens frequently, mm. the whole church falls. It's wow. like an upside-down triangle. You know, he falls, and the whole church collapses. I think you're summing up. Someone texted a question. Is there a huge difference in prayer when it comes to become, being a Protestant or a Catholic? And I, I think what you're hitting on right now sums up the difference. Yeah. Uh, did you see the Francis Chan video where he talked about the Eucharist? Yeah, I did. If you look up Francis Chan, I yeah. really admire this guy. Yeah, he's incredible. Francis, yeah. He's the real deal, man, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a preacher, as, a, as an evangelical preacher. Um, but he said, you know, I did, he's like, I didn't know that for the first 1,500 years of Christianity, the center of worship was an altar. <laughs> and it wasn't a pulpit. Right. I mean, that sums up the difference between... Yeah, the whole orientation. The right? whole orientation of the entire experience of that faith, mm-hmm. of the worship experience, for yep. sure. So, so long story short, so I had, a, I had a, lot of <clears throat> a lot of misperceptions about what Catholics believed. Yeah. And again, again, I had kind of been raised in the church very nominally. Yeah. But Scott and Mark were persistent in saying, we really want you to just come to a Sunday night service. Wow. And meet the Archbishop. Because when they first were like, oh, we met him and we told him all about you. I'm like, what did you tell him? And they were like, we told him that you grew up Catholic and now that you're the pastor at Pathways. And, and, uh, I'm Ron, sure he knew and, half the Pathways. And the, and the, senior, the senior pastor of Pathways is, was a guy named, is a guy named Ron Johnson. He leads a church here in Denver still. And Ron had, had negotiated uh, buying the Temple Event Center right down there on 17th and wow. Penn, I think. So it's wow. real close to the cathedral. So we bought that building, had a great deal on it, and the church was growing and thriving. And I told Scott and Mark, I can't go. I, I work Sunday nights for the Sunday night service that we have right. at Pathways. But they didn't know that I had this discontent of like, why are there so many churches? Why is there so much division? Why do we all have the same Bible but we can't agree? Why is there a cult of personality-driven leader you know, type of church? That... Yeah. And so, um, so one night I said, hey, guys, I got a night off. You know, I told them I would go with them on a Sunday night. And so I went, and I endured the Mass, and I just sat in the back, and I didn't <laughs> kneel, and I didn't genuflect, and I didn't yeah. do anything. I yeah. just watched. And, and, and by the way, I got, if you don't know what's going on. It's, <laughs> right. it's not the evan- evangelization the 101 experience. Someone, right. You know, it, that, it's, uh, it's like watching a football game yeah. and not know what's going on. You're not going to be the guy who's excited. Right. Like, well, I don't know, what, what's a down? You know, right? Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be into the football game anyway. <clears throat> exactly. So I went, and then Mass was over, and as Archbishop Charles Chaput would always do, he would stand at the back of the church and just meet people and greet people on their way out. It's legendary pass for that so, guy. So Scott and Mark are, I'm pretty much flanked. It might have just been Scott and another person, I don't remember, but, but they introduced me. And yeah. Scott was like, this is my landlord. This is my, you know, the pastor at Pathways. And Archbishop Chaput, if you don't know him, I mean, he can be kind of a bulldog, and he kind of came at me. I mean, he was, just, he, was, he, was <laughs> yeah. he was sizing me up. He was like, he was like, is it true that you were you were baptized in the church? And I said, yes. He goes, is it true that you were confirmed by Cardinal Stafford? And I'm like, yeah, light of the world. And he goes, well, don't you know that you're a Catholic and you're leading people out of the Catholic Church? He was like, it doesn't make any sense to me. He's like, you're wow. pastoring. And I said something really, really smart, yeah, alecky to him. I said, um, I said, well, I, I said, well, maybe you're not doing something right. I remember saying something like that. I go, the sheep are going to go where they get fed. <laughs> and then <laughs> and he was like, fair enough. You know, he was wow. kind of like, wow, okay. Wow. And so he invited me to his house. He goes, he's like, I'd love to just hear what your issues are. Would you, would you be willing to come That's over? That's a real pastor, man. And in a, in a, in a, like, without dropping a beat, I said, absolutely not. Nice to meet you. Really? Yeah. I got to go. I shook his hand and I turned to go. 
And this is one of these defining moments in my life where I, I can name maybe five or six. And I felt his hand on my shoulder. And I stopped and I turned as I had turned my back to him to walk away. And something in his whole demeanor had changed. He had like taken his miter off and his staff and he had handed it to the guy and he just brought himself down to my level. And he said, would you meet me at Starbucks? Wow. And I said, something in me was just like, I couldn't say no to that. So I said, yeah, I'll meet you at Starbucks. That's so, awesome. So he met me at Starbucks. That is awesome. That week. And we met for three hours on Colorado Boulevard. And, he, and it was really powerful because he said, Jeremy, he said, he said I want to, I wanna, if you're willing to go down this road, he goes, I just want to lay out for you what the Catholic Church teaches. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you for forgiveness of how we failed you in practice. Wow, what a perfect response. Yep. And I you know, said, that, I'm, that, that's, that's saying yeah. we have a fullness of truth here, mm-hmm. the fullness of truth of what Jesus revealed. But it's not, it's not ours. It's, it's Jesus right. gave it to us. We're right. standing under it. We're failing. Yeah. There, there's sometimes where uh, it, people would look at, well, you're claiming to have fullness of truth. That you think you're better than or holier than. Like, right. no. If someone only has the Bible and, is, and baptism and is missing out on all the rest, and they're really using that, hmm. they're holier than someone who doesn't. Uh, but, so what a, what a beautiful posture to right. convey that truth yeah. to you. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it just lowered your guard. It did, and, and it also helped me to understand to be able to separate what the church teaches from, from how we have failed in practice over the years. You know, I was just noticing there was an apology that Pope Francis made in Canada to the First Nations and Native Americans yeah. up there for a lot of the abusive practices that happened, you know, that really happened and had real consequences for people. So mm. um, we, I think we need to ask for forgiveness more where we, where we have failed in practice. Yeah. But the beauty of the Catholic faith and the deposit of faith, the teaching itself, which hasn't changed, has been handed down to us. So that led us on. I really connected with him after the time at Starbucks and felt comfortable. He said, would you, would you come over next time and we'll, we'll just start hashing stuff out. That's incredible. And so for five, six months, I met with him probably, you know, every couple, two, three weeks. Wow. And we would just dive into what my objections were, right? We talked about Mary. We talked about authority. We talked about contraception. Wow. We talked about all the issues that Protestants tend to have with, with the Catholic faith. Wow. Most importantly, salvation, right? I needed to hear that it was saved by grace, which is a free gift. It's unmerited right. favor. Right. You know, salvation comes by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what does faith mean? That, religion, that religious practice doesn't mean you're earning the approval of your father. Right. You're living out the, the free the gift of, of yeah. His grace. And we have to cooperate with it, though. Yeah, we have to cooperate right. with His yeah. grace. It's not presumed. You know? Yeah. I, this is a great question came in. What's one of the biggest fears for a Protestant to convert to Catholicism? What are you afraid to let go of? Or is there something with the Catholic faith you're afraid to go into? What, what, what was, the, uh, what was the, the last obstacle, the, the greatest fear that kept you from... I think, I think it was very practical for me. It was like my livelihood. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, it was my job. Yeah. And so I remember being in his residence... And I don't remember what we read, something in the catechism that just really, really won me over. And I, I remember looking at him and I said, what am I going to do? And he said, mm. he, said, he said, number one, he said, you have to trust God. And he said, number two, you have to quit your job as a pastor. Wow. He said, but I know a lot of people in Denver. And shortly after that, he had a, a dinner at his house for me. And he made all of these heads of ministry... <laughs> Come wow. to the dinner. I mean, it made, he invited them, and I guess when the bishop well, invites you to something, you, you don't you're say no. being made to do it, but no. So <laughs> Curtis Martin thing. comes, and Jay Reyes was there, and Tim Gray was there, yeah. and all these amazing men of God and leading Catholic organizations. And 
you know, it was like a catered meal, and he just said, Jeremy's going to tell you his story, and my hope is that when he's done, you, when you guys can take him to lunch or get to know him better and that he would go to work for one of you guys. So he really wow. helped me get a start. And so Curtis Martin and I just really connected with campus ministry because that was where I had my conversion, as I told last time. And wow. Curtis said it's all about just sharing Christ with, with college students and then leading them not only to Christ but into the fullness of truth in the so church. So you found a ministry home in the Catholic Church. And that was like focus was my the thing I wanted to do. Yeah, okay. So what, what, um, what have you missed the most having left? And then, yeah. I, then I also want to know what what is I don't know what what joy surprised you the most coming back in. Hmm. That's a good question. I think I think I miss um, you know like a leadership platform. Yeah, having a having a, a platform to you know, and I, and that's been a, a more of an internal conversion where I was more in front of the camera on stage before, and I did that even in focus in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And it's been more of a, a desire for me to go behind the camera and behind the scenes. I have yeah. found a lot of joy in the self, like not being known, mm. um, building people's brands, making videos. You oh, know. you have a cool, what's your website again, by it's the way? It's called thelittlej.com. Thelittlej.com. Yeah. So you can come behind people and help. Tell their stories. Tell the story. And, right, yeah. Marketing guru and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. Um, so yeah, the, the, missing that, um, and it's it is hard as a layman called to do mm-hmm. ministry work, which is a an anomaly in the history of the church. And, it, um, and it's hard, like sometimes in mass, when you know you know there's a lot of people maybe visiting for Easter or Christmas, right. and man, I know, how and I you're just like Lord, buddy. Lord, please, like, yes. like let this priest yeah. just to step away from the podium and just talk to them. Yeah, like just welcome them. Yes. Look at them in the eye and say, "We're so glad you're here." Yeah, you I know, just welcome them in I, and be conversational. It's hard for them. a chef to go to dinner, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's been tough. What was the other part of that question though? You said no. What was so the, actually, oh, and then what was the joy? Was yeah. great joy. And, and before you answer that, I just yeah. want to read this comment because I echo it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your deep love for our Lord that you followed Him back to the Catholic Church. Um, I, I would think that even an evangelical watching right now would be touched by your conviction. Because um, conversion is not a one-and-done thing. Right. There is the, the, the primary conversion, just like there's the primary gospel, but every follower of Jesus knows that conversion keeps happening. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously this was, uh, again, even if someone's watching not agreeing with the conclusions you made, yeah. the heart that was driving you was Jesus first. Absolutely. And I just want to call it out and honor it, that you, just like with your first conversion to the Lord, mm-hmm. once again find yourself saying, yeah. okay, Man, yeah. I'll take it all. I don't know what's next. And, and my biggest struggles were probably um, the per, the role or person of Mary in the Catholic faith. That okay. was one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Uh, someone asked about what's your greatest fear, and it really came out of a love mm. for Jesus, wanting to be pure in heart and singular in my devotion to Jesus Christ and not into any other human entity, which Mary is human. Right? Yeah, we, yeah. we revere yeah. Mary, but she's not divine. How have you made peace with that as a Catholic? Pretty, Unbelievable! Pretty I can't tell you on this interview because I'll probably burst into tears. Oh, buddy, but, that's uh, the gold. But that is Mary, the gold. <laughs> Mary has been like, and it, I just don't want to freak anybody out because yeah. I probably would have been freaked out if someone started talking about Mary in that way. But all I can say is that as some as a child who had a, kind of a broken relationship with my mom because she left my dad when I was seven, mm. and a broken relationship with women through high school and college, really just not really realizing why I would need a woman besides for a secu- sexual outlet. Wow. Um, God sent his mother to help bring oh a lot of gosh, healing buddy. into my life. And if I could tell you a couple of stories, I won't hear, but, but I literally did have some like supernatural experiences. And 
you know, of being in a, in, a, in a chapel by myself and feeling like I was doused with flowers and no one was in the chapel. I thought some girl had walked in and weird things had happened like, like that. Again, no, again, for all of the non-Catholics out there, it's, it's, it's I know it sounds crazy, I but like chills, there's man. this yeah. next level of faith yeah. that like, if you don't limit you just, God. Just your mic. Sorry. No, something fell down. No, you're good. You're if, you, if you don't limit God, like he will, you know, it's kind of like the matrix when he says, take this pill and I'll show you how deep the yeah. rabbit hole goes. <laughs> I took that pill, and man, did God start to show me different dimensions to my faith. That just oh, in my evangelical experience, it was just me and my Bible. Yeah, yeah. And in my Catholic experience, I realized that every letter of Scripture was written to the community, to a church. It's not me and God; it's we and God. Yes. It's a family of faith. It's it's all of us. And as G.K. Chesterton was so uh, so apt to say, he said, "The Catholic Church here comes everyone," <laughs> <laughs> which is just so true. If you know us as Catholics, you've got. You know, you've got the whole gamut of, of people, <laughs> and uh, and I love that. So, so you know, so Mary Mary was a was a very so your big obstacle became your big surprise and joy. Right. Absolutely, that as was you my, came that on was the inside. My joy. Oh, that buddy, joy. I got really what you because, got chills because, because through yeah. through that through understanding her role as as uh, you know Jesus is hanging on the cross, and and for all of you, you know that like John and and Mary and yeah. another Mary were at the foot of the cross and. One of Jesus' last words or sayings is, is he gives his mother to us. And he says, woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother. And in that sense, I've come to understand that Jesus was giving his mother to the church, to all of us. One last gift. And it was kind of like a woman I could finally trust. Mm. And, and that, for me, was so healing to meet a woman that I could fully trust. And, and so I've just had this, you know, you know, I don't know if you call it a devotion or an encounter, but I definitely have had this, like, she's over here, and I can never quite... You know, she's always there. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah. I love yeah. how it drew uh, from you, too, that respect for women. Yeah. You know, to have that, that spiritual mom that yeah. our Lord honored like that, right. it just reorients the soul. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, like I, 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 I'm friends with a chiropractor. His whole practice is about adjusting the first connection mm-hmm. to the skull because he's convinced that everything else will correct, you know? Mm. And when you get that right relationship with women by honoring Our Lady... Yeah. It's like it just sends shockwaves through how you relate with. And women. again, you wish it was kind of this like one and done thing, but that yeah. too has been a process, you know, yeah. that has really impacted my life in in some incredible ways, for better and for worse. Yeah. You know, of just having to go through hard things, and um, and so anyway, so that that was a, a big, a big. Another step. great comment. It said, "Personally, been impacted by Jeremy's work." How uh, I have to say, thank you to Archbishop Shapu. You're going to watch this, Shapu. I'm going to afford <laughs> this to you. Uh, say thank you to Shabby for pouring into Jeremy. Amazing. Yeah, I agree. This is how this is how, how conversions are made. I mean, people look at, at guys like Archbishop Shapio and think, well, you have a, a big pulpit, you're a really important person, well, therefore the ministry's done. And if it doesn't translate to making time for human beings right. over a cup of coffee, right. humbling yourself, getting down to someone's level, hanging out, talking, yeah. we're just full of hot air, man. Right. You know, this is this is where 100%. where the rubber hits the road. It's like the ninety nine. You know, you leave the ninety nine to go after the one. Yeah. <clears throat> and in a, in, a, in a real way, I felt like that one. And that I know he's a busy guy, and here he spent three hours at, at Starbucks, right, right. And, and I was busy too. And I kind of came in again with a chip on my shoulder. Right. But through five or six months of <laughs> of yeah. learning the faith from him, it yeah. Was, uh, Jeremy, I, the journey back. You know, I, I, don't, I don't. The Lord's obviously not done using you in the church. And a lot of people who either were raised evangelical or went. Uh, to the evangelical church and, and come back mm. or enter the Catholic church uh, having been raised that way, um, they bring insights that most Catholics don't have. 
And that insight is sometimes translated to a, a dream that becomes a reality for the church, something the church needs. Mm. Um, what's your dream for the church, man? You could snap your fingers yeah. and make something from what you learned as an evangelical, make something change. My dream for the church would be that we would have something, because again, the source and summit of our faith is the Eucharist, right? right? But that's for Catholics. That's for people who already kind of understand it inside. and get it, right? Because yeah. we can't love what we don't know. So hopefully we're learning what it is so that we can actually worship it properly, worship God properly and receive it yeah. properly. But but my greatest dream for the church would be to have like a midweek service yeah, dude. that is that is not and again, this sounds I don't want it to sound like a bad thing. It's 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 a non sacramental place to bring our non believing or non non Catholic friends. Yeah. Because trying to bring someone to mass and help them to get it there is a, is a bit of a stretch. And so I wish that we had something with radical hospitality that was totally focused on, on new people yep. that haven't been to church in years or feel unloved or estranged from the church for whatever reason. And we could welcome them in through, awesome. through something that's kind of like a, a step before mass. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. In the early church, you didn't know what the Eucharist was until after you're baptized. They kick you out before the liturgy of the Eucharist every, every time. Mm. And then after your baptism, they said, okay, you get to stay. There's more. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so cool. for us to now treat that as, as evangelization 101 right. is absolutely getting it wrong. Uh, so I, I love what you just yeah. said. And I love planting dreams out there because <clears throat> people sometimes think, oh, oh. Right. there's someone watching in, in Iowa right now who might start that at their Because we talk so much about evangelization, but I don't feel like it's fair to ask the church to be so evangelist if they don't have any place to bring people. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's yeah, tough. I, I mean, I, I push small groups real hard because I, I say, you know, the answer is mm-hmm. your house over a beer, and and hit right. play in a video, yeah. and then talk about how that touched your heart. I mean, like there's the there's search. a step. The search is a great place yeah. to start, man. Right. Yeah. Go, by the way, if you haven't seen it, you need to Google the search. Mm-hmm. Um, brother, I'm, I'm I'm really grateful for your life and witness, and this is the first uh, second of of many more conversations. I'm sure. Absolutely. Because we got a whole, we got to do a whole episode on Mary. That was a teaser for the Mary episode. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks Thanks for for having me. Yeah, and thanks for listening to the Lord. And thank you, um, Archbishop Shapu, and every pastor out there who's willing to drop everything uh, to make time for that, that one person. Be that guy. God bless you. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.